Chris Chow's a sick Chris Chow's. I'm just recovering. It hurts. But welcome back to the show, baby. We are back. And I almost coughed as I did that, but I got my man in the house with me. Chris Kennedy, what's going on, buddy? Um, well, ladies and gentlemen, the man is sick. He's coughing up a storm. Yeah. But he's here for Headliner Nation. He is here for the people. You know? And you know what? He doesn't, I mean, he doesn't sound terrible and it's a good thing that you guys can't see him right now because he's he's seen better days wow man wow you know geez man i guess that's why we're homies hey man much love much love over there you know (laughs) this guy's cussing me down unbelievable we were talking we're laughing before the show started it was uh tom brady with josh allen at that golf tournament and they're just talking a bunch of shit all week long it's just it's so funny tom brady was saying is has become a likable human being and, and that's hard for me to say but he has become uh, a very candid uh funny individual yeah i mean so i was looking at some outtakes because i didn't actually watch the, the the tournament um but tom brady had custom golf balls with a lombardi trophy on it mm. and so he kept on like putting in Josh Allen's face. He's like, Hey, Josh, you ever seen one of these? You ever seen one of these? And then Josh Allen had custom golf balls made of Tom Brady's combine photo of him, like with his shirt off. So I mean, the two of them going back and forth has just been absolutely hilarious. Aaron Rodgers and Patrick Mahomes they're they get a, a B for effort, you know, yeah, for their, yeah. their trash talking, or at least their efforts. But Tom Brady is just the goat of not just football, but also oh. of the trash talk. I oh mean, my the, God. the man Stop can it. do no wrong. Stop it, Chris. Just we know how much you love this man. Just stop. Yes, he is funny. I, you can't argue what's going on over there. It's just too. Funny. All it took was him to leave New England and check. And all of a sudden you see kind of this real Tom Brady personality start to emerge because you know, he's not under, you know, strict rules and whatnot. Bruce Arians was a super laid back, yeah. you know, happy go lucky, fun loving coach. So we, it was, it was that avocado tequila or whatever it was that was drinking yeah. post Super Bowl parade that did him in. Yeah, that's it, man. As soon as he got that on the video, he was like, yeah, there's nothing else I can do wrong. So I'm good. I'm going to just keep going. But dude, we got some bad news. <clears throat> Excuse me. This is, that's going to happen a lot. I apologize. But hey, we got some bad news to discuss. I mean, two things, breaking news. Let's start off with the breaking news. Former Dallas Cowboys running back Marion Barber reportedly found dead in his apartment by the police on Wednesday. What the heck is going on, man? Only, what, 38 years old. And there's no report on to say why that I saw yet that how he passed, if they know what happened. I mean, did you see anything breaking of late? No, I haven't seen anything as far as what the cause was, just that he was found um, and they did not release any other kind of information. Yeah. So, I mean, all for interpretation at this point, hopefully it's not foul play. Hopefully it's not, you know, even regardless, I mean, him passing at 38 is way too young. And I mean, everybody knows Marion Barber from the fantasy football days. Obviously, I mean, we're going back looking at some stats. He was what that three year starter. He did deal with some injuries later on, but he was one of his best seasons at 23 years of age. You know, he had 654 yards, 14 TDs the following year. Uh, what 975 and 10 touchdowns on 204 carries never cracked a thousand though. I really did thought or think that he did actually crack that thousand never did. No, he didn't. I mean, he, he came very close for a couple of seasons, never really did it. Um, you know, and he, he was a starter for 
for, for the majority, you know, I would say what three, four seasons, he had more of that starting role, but he was that backup for a while. And in the seasons that he was, um, or sorry, not even that where he wasn't the starter in 2007, when he made the pro bowl, right. he didn't actually start a single game played in all 16 only ran the ball 200 times, but almost had a thousand yards and 10 touchdowns. So, right. I mean, the man was productive there. He was also productive in the receiving game, getting about 40 to 50 receptions. Uh, but I just remember him as being kind of that power back, you know, yep. not necessarily this finesse guy, but just the guy that was going to jam it down your throat, especially near the goal line. He was a guy that you wanted on third and short. hundred percent, man. You know what I always remember is that one run he did. I believe it was like close to his end zone. And he like escaped and went like back and forth and then found his way. It was probably one of his best highlights. I mean, I got to go back and look and see which game that was. But good Lord, Marion Barber, rest in peace, dude. I mean, that's just a horrible news. And continuing down the horrible train. I mean, Jeff Glandy, Gladney, mm, uh, Gladney corner, yep. cornerback for uh, what was Minnesota, now Arizona Cardinals. And I mean, he was killed in a car accident on Monday morning. No news on if it was uh, alcohol or drug related uh, behind the wheel. But I mean, I think him and his passenger passed away early hours of the morning. But I mean, it was it was such a weird thing because he was highly regarded coming out of college, it was a first over or first round pick, I should say. And then he got what hit with the domestic violence charges, was found not guilty. Then he signed with the Cardinals. And then like he was trying to restart his career. He's only 25 years old, man. Apparently mm -hmm. best friends with uh, Jalen Rager. He took it pretty hard on Twitter. Yep. And another one gone way too soon. Like, what the hell is going on today? Yeah. So the, the passenger in the car with him was his girlfriend. And uh, and so she she passed away with him. But again, 25 years old, you know, just an entire life ahead of you. You're trying to get your career back on track, you know, and and something just absolutely horrible like this happens. You know, you, you feel for him because he's he was only in the league for, you know, a season or two. He got drafted yeah. in 2020 and it didn't work out with, you know, with, with the Vikings trying to move on. And you, you hate to see it. I mean, we've we've seen this so many times with younger players, you know, losing their lives far too early, you know, no matter what the, the actual reason was, you know, yep. whether it was alcohol, drugs, you know, it could be an accident, whatever the case was, you know, you hate to see somebody so young, you know, lose their lives, especially, and even Marion Barber, you know, 38 years old, you know, younger than younger, younger than me. Yep. And so that's it. it it's it's you're tough. Almost at a loss. It is. You're almost at a loss for words because you're not really sure how to describe it. Um, other than it's just, you know, they had so much more ahead of them. And, and that's a sad aspect of life that I see as I age is just, you know, so much life to do and it's choices most of the time, um, you know, freak shit does happen. But unfortunate news to start the show. Let's let's flip gears. I've got, rest, I've rest got, I've got some other like what, semi what do you got? Un unfortunate news. You're still it going down do the with, bad news train. Come on. It has to do. Well, it has to do with getting older. Oh, okay. It has to do with like me and my body personally. <laughs> okay. So let's hear it. Like a month ago, and Chaus, you know this, but I dealt with I dealt with a bit of a shoulder injury. Oh, um, yes, yes. And at first I wasn't sure what it was. And I had been playing golf. I'd been playing at least 18 holes of golf every single day for a month. So I was like, oh, that must have been it. So I go into the doctor, have them check it out. I get an x-ray. I literally cannot lift my arm. I mean, at all, my left arm is pretty much just useless at this point. And they said, you have a calcium buildup in your shoulder, which is called, which is caused arthritis. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, I'm 39 years old and I'm already getting arthritis. Like I'm having this calcium buildup in my shoulder. 
Finally, it goes away or whatnot. But then today, first half of the day, completely fine. Nothing wrong. And around like two o'clock, three o'clock, my knee starts hurting. <laughs> and I'm like, my knee never hurts. Wow, what is going? It's not a cold day. It's Age, a fine, buddy. It's a fine day. Outside. Age, man. What's going on? And so I'm Googling all these symptoms. And I'm like, wait, is it gout? Do I have gout in the knee? Like, I haven't been eating shellfish. What the hell is going on with me? Gout so the knee. <laughs> I took I took some ibuprofen. It's feeling okay. But yeah. I'm just worried that I'm just breaking down at this point. Dude, you're getting, join the club, bro. I mean, once you pass the, you know, the 30s, it's, it's not good. Everything goes downhill after that. Things start falling sideways and... Like I said, man, some things just fall off on the floor. You got to try to reattach them I mean, when you wake up in the morning. It's just that's that's life and you got to get used to it, brother. Don't get me wrong. I'm still eating whatever I want as much as I want. I'm and that's the problem. That's the problem. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to say no until I actually come to the realization that it probably is the problem. But for now, yeah, yeah, I'm still I still have the metabolism of a 12 year old. Fair enough. Yeah, I wish I had that. I don't. I eat I eat anything and you know it makes my legs jiggle. It's just it's awesome. This is age over here, man. It sucks. So I'm just gonna be like a human compression sleeve and nothing's gonna hurt ever again. <laughs> You're gonna see him all bandaged up every time he goes yes. out to play golf now. But what's wrong with you? Nothing. Just taking the appropriate precautions, man. Everything's you know fine. You know what, man? It's interesting because, I mean, we're talking about the NFL. It's coming up pretty soon. We had uh, the schedule or uh, we had some new rule changes. I don't know if everybody got uh, wind of this. So players placed on the IR. You guys got to understand this because this does impact your fantasy football teams. Players placed on IR can now or now have to miss a minimum of four games, not three, as previously stated. Up to eight players can be designated to the IR return for NFL teams, which is Awesome news because how many times we saw guys sit on the IR and then that's it for the season. Now they're eligible to return. Kind of sucks if you don't have IR spots on your fantasy team, but I mean, you got to deal with that. Players can come back from IR twice in one year, which is gorgeous, but again, could cause some headaches if you don't have the IR spot on your fantasy now, team. Didn't they install don't interrupt, that rule? Don't interrupt me as I'm continuing down this I'm just path. asking a question. Shit, did they did, did they bring up that rule in when during covid that you could come back after being designated for ir i believe so that was that was the okay. one thing they did yeah because covid ir was different so they said you could bring back okay, after that's, four okay. games yeah all right my my apologies continue may i continue now you may <laughs> teams can now have up to 16 players on the practice squad which i love because you know what? It's good to have those guys on the on the practice squad just in case they have some talent that you want to keep. But even though, you know, they can sign on other teams. I like these kind of rule changes. I think it does help uh, real NFL teams could be a problem for your fantasy football club. Like I said, if you don't have those IR spots. Yeah, but I think every team, I mean, for me personally, I make sure every one of I'm only the commissioner of one or two leagues, but I make sure they're IR spots. I think every team for the most part should have them. I do help out. A buddy of mine is in a is in a league with a bunch of uh, other teachers in the school that he works at. Hopefully, they don't listen to this podcast, so they don't know. Um, <laughs> but I pretty much draft and manage his team throughout the season. Oh, nice! And they lose. That's have... ca that's called collusion, people. Well, Under yeah. understand the rules. Of uh, they only have four bench spots. It's a twelve team twelve team league and a good roster size, but only four bench spots, no IR. Ooh. So if a start, so for instance. Last year, I drafted him, Christian McCaffrey. Christian McCaffrey was on the bench the entire season because I couldn't put him on the IR. So <laughs> those are things you got to work with. You got to work with what you got to work with. But I, I mean, it's good stuff. But, you know, let's go a little positive because, you know, we got the new Madden cover and that's Mr. John Madden. 
Number 23, I love it. I think it was absolutely, absolutely phenomenal that they put mm-hmm. John Madden on this cover. The late, great John Madden. He will grace the cover first time since what? 2000, if I'm not mistaken. Yes, and they are going to be coming out with three separate commemorative uh, covers for this game with John Madden. I mean, this is his game. He was the one who donned the cover all the way going back to, I believe, 1991, 92, maybe, yep. if not a little bit before. And then as recently as 2000, because of, you know, the, that big milestone there for the year 2000, that was when all the computers were going to crash and the world was going to end. So That's right. <laughs> joke's on you. But I do think that this is the, there's no other option for no. a Madden cover. I mean, he passes away. He is the creator. I mean, this was his game, you know? So who the hell else are you going to put on the cover? Anyone else that they put on the cover, EA Sports would have gotten absolutely roasted for it. So they John should. Madden was the only choice, in my opinion, and very fitting that they do a few different ver- versions of the cover to help commemorate that. They were flirting with Josh Allen being on the cover, but hey, you know, you can't I get- swear to God, if they have a... <laughs> fucking did that you know it was coming man i'm telling y'all it was coming but hey next year josh allen can have 2024 okay no, I, I don't want it because then the madden curse will come back and then that'll be i, I think my i think the madden curse the madden curse has been inconsistent over the years it so. has it was broke so by I think, what fitzgerald I, and uh yeah. paul amalu back paul amalu yeah so i think that i think josh allen could like you know you know how uh in families like you know receding hairlines or things like that skip a generation maybe sure. the curse will skip a year for Josh Allen, you know, well, who knows? I mean, you can't curse uh, John Madden right now because he's no longer here. So, I mean, when you're talking, and if next you do, year, then you're just a terrible person, so. ter- terrible person. I was trying to make a joke and then I realized halfway through that's probably an inappropriate joke that I shouldn't say. And Josh Allen doesn't have to worry about receding hairlines. Yeah. But during the match <laughs> of the golf tournament, there was a shot. Uh, Tom Brady, he chunked his his tee shot a little bit and he said, a little bit chunky, or as I like to say, a little bit joshy, saying Josh Allen was chunky. So <laughs> that was a little jab there. Motherfucker, man. You know, but like I said, he's becoming a likable human being, and you can laugh all you <laughs> want at Mr. Tom Brady. But I mean, Madden memories, dude. I mean, you might as well talk about him. You know, one of my fondest dude. memories um, when the online franchise started coming out and, and me and four buddies, we literally geeked out, man. I'm telling y'all. If you if you don't know our commitment, this is this is my level of commitment with my buddies that we actually created a CBA for this Madden franchise because you? we needed rules, man. That's how competitive we were. It was because I was at the point where you could just trade any player you wanted, right? So it was it didn't have the the bar marker to say if the trade value was fair and then the computer would accept it, right? So we were saying, you know, how can we make trading fair? We came up with a numbering system out of a hundred that if you were four points off from each player you the, the total points out of 100 had to be four points so if it was 100 to 96 the trade was accepted if it was like 84 to 80 trade was accepted and we went like age overall uh, uh, uh stat number and then whatever else we did and that's how we we did it we had to keep it fair man damn cba for madden because it was gorgeous man playing a four we would all play in uh, different divisions and then we switched it up mm-hmm. as the years went on we were two teams in one division so that we could play each other twice and then we ended up staying in the same conference but yeah man those Madden days were were glorious i don't play them as much anymore i do miss it it's it was good times all right so i have a question what happened if say there was a 25 year old player that had an 86 rating and you wanted to trade him 
for a 33-year-old player with a 90 rating, knowing that that younger player was going to progress faster than that older player and eventually have that higher overall. And that, that was that was okay. Yeah, but you had to okay. make the you had to make the points match. So if if your point total difference was like 20 off, you had to give them another player to bridge oh, wow. the gap. So yeah, oh yeah, it was four points, man. You had to be in with four points to make the trade acceptable. And then you had to text everybody being like, yo, yo, making this trade. And then you put it through. It was it was good times. So my favorite part of Madden um, I, and don't me, I'm, I'm an, I'm an okay Madden player. I'm not great. I'm not terrible. I can, I can hold my own for the most part. There was a time where I was very good. Like I was playing illegally online for money. Like it was almost like online poker, but I was doing online Madden, like playing for money. Beautiful. Um, my favorite thing about Madden though, was the franchise mode. My favorite thing was being pretty much the GM of the team where I would just take a team and I would build it into greatness, you know, yes. drafting young players, making trades. Uh, the last couple of years, I didn't play as much Madden, but I had some buddies who would be like, Hey, Kennedy, you know, this is what I'm working with. Like, I want you to run my team. I'll play the games. You make all the transactions. And love that's it. my, that was my favorite thing about Madden in the last few years. I love that part, man. Especially when the season was over and rebuilding your team through the off season work. I love that. That, that Why do you think I do what I do here? Damn it. I'm in the salary cap. I'm scouting players. This is right. why, man, Madden, Madden, man, he just, you know, he knew and he, he gave me yeah. my path to what my career is and needs to be like, look, he just doesn't and stop it's, giving. It's funny. So whenever people talk about, cheat codes, you know, in, in football and fantasy, like, Oh, this guy's a cheat code. This guy's a cheat code. What they're pretty much referring to is not, not the Konami code, you know, for, for Nintendo necessarily. Sometimes it can be for me, it translates to Madden 2004 and the unstoppable force. That was Michael Vick. Yeah. He was the most Preach. unfair player in any video game ever, ever. ever. He was like a, a 99 speed, 98 yeah. throw power. Accuracy wasn't great, but it didn't matter because he could just outrun everybody on the field. And it didn't matter what you wanted to do. If you had Michael Vick on your team, you were not going to lose. And I would just bomb them all to like what Roddy White and Algie, yeah. Cr Algie Crumpler. And, Algie and that's, Crumpler. All, that's all you had to do. Man. You were good. I love that Madden too, man. 04 was a good one. Yep. No, there was, it was absolutely phenomenal. I mean, those are the games that I grew up playing, you know, Madden, NHL, like NHL 94, one of oh, the best God. games, but NHL Madden was game. just, and all the games that came after Madden that people tried to, you know, they tried to kind of copy, you know, uh, you had Deion Sanders uh, nope. football that came out on Sega. I think it was, nope. um, you had 2k uh, NFL 2k yeah, or whatever NFL nope. 2k, which Garbage. I've heard rumors. They're trying to bring that back. I've, as well, I've heard, so. I've heard. Yeah. Yeah. They're trying to do some competition for EA, but I think they got the market covered. You know what? Everyone always said, you know, why doesn't EA change their games and blah? Man, you know what? Even if they perfected the one, like 04 was a good version where it wasn't like unfair and unreasonable outside of Michael Vick. But the graphics, I mean, if they upped the graphics a little bit and kept it similar love, uh, like of play style, just keep that same thing going with little alterations and then change the rosters. I still would have bought the thing every year. I think one of the reasons why EA doesn't really make many changes to Madden or the upgrades that people would like is because there isn't any competition. They know people are still going to buy that video game because there's no other football video game that they can buy. Facts. It's almost like Apple. You know, it's like they don't need to make they don't make changes. They don't have to. People that are loyal to that brand are going to go out and buy that brand regardless 
of what happens with upgrades or downgrades or how crappy the service is or how quickly the battery dies. People are still going to go out and buy an Apple iPhone, just like people are still going to go out and buy Madden, even if there is competition that goes out down the road. Agreed. I don't think competition is really going to stand in the way anyway. It's the culture following is there, but just thought I'd bring it up because, you know, we've had some good times with Madden, but what yesterday was is it marked what, Chris? 100 days, baby, until kickoff. Oh, see, can't even do that without my throat closing up. My God, Bills and Rams, baby, 100 days away. I love it. And it's I'm, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm so looking forward to this season. I'm, I'm am I a little bit nervous about the Bills opening the season? Yes, because I know how much hatred and criticism is going to come my way if the Bills do find a way to lose that game. Because, every, oh, your Bills, man, your Bills are supposed to win the Super Bowl. The Bills are supposed to be undefeated and untouchable, whatever. It's week one, but I'm so excited, man. I mean, out of the schedule, I don't know if you got it open there, man. I mean, what games are you looking at that you're super pumped about? All right, so I'm a little bit nervous for your Bills, and I say that only because, uh, oh, shout out to oh. one of my one of my very, very good friends, Susan, who's also a huge diehard Bills Mafia fan. Um, she hates it when the media and the national consensus hype up the Bills because yeah. it pretty much just sets them up for failure. So the fact that they have your Bills up against the defending Super Bowl champion Rams, they're pretty much saying, okay, the Bills are the favorite to win the AFC now. And that puts a lot of pressure on the Bills. Love it. So love the fact that it's the first game of the season. You know, Thursday night game. Finally, we got a Thursday night game that doesn't completely blow balls. And we get something that we're actually going to want to watch. So love the Bills-Rams matchup. Um, The other game that I'm absolutely looking forward to watching, which is also a primetime game. And it's not necessarily because I think it's going to be a very competitive game because I expect Denver to blow out Seattle, but the return of Russell Wilson to Seattle with Denver week one, that's going to be a phenomenal, just the storyline itself is going to be fun. It's going to Seattle too, right? So, I mean, that's it's in Seattle. Oh baby. That see the NFL schedule makers, they can, they can make things work from time to time. It, Oh, that's going to be so good. I mean, and that's just week one because week two, I'm I'm looking at this right now too. Week two, we've got the chargers and the chiefs Chiefs on Thursday. Beautiful. Literally just circle any AFC West matchup against another AFC West team. And that's the, that's going to be the game of the week. What I don't understand is the second week, the two doubleheader on Monday night football, my bills, man, they're going to be on doubleheader again. So we get the early slot on Monday night football versus the Titans. I love it. Then the, the Vikings and the Eagles. I mean, yeah. And then that's, and then the NFL decided just to take a complete dump on the schedule and be like, Oh, let's throw the Vikings and the Eagles in there. (laughs) Nobody cares. Man, you're gonna have hate mail coming your way. This guy just constantly. I'm sorry. I I I love me some Adam Thielen and Justin Jefferson and yeah, Dalvin yeah. Cook, absolutely. But I mean, on against the Eagles, really, you're gonna have two really bad defenses go head to head against each other, and you know, two quarterbacks that are eh, okay. Yeah, sweet. Yeah. Thanks. I, 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 get, I get it. He's going to get hate mail. And, you know, his uh, Twitter handle is uh, at Vineyard Remedy. If you guys don't know, it's a good thing. I only have like 120 <laughs> followers. So <laughs> yes, since your account got hacked, he, he doesn't have anybody following. Him. Go follow this man. Do him that favor. He's funny. Week three. Right, here's a question for you. Hold on. Week four, man. We got Casey and Tampa Bay on Sunday night football. Oh, I like man. That. I like that. I was going to. I was. What's your question? Interrupt. It's not a question. Well, it kind of is. I was going back to week two. 
do you have any interest with a Patriots Steelers matchup? Not really. <laughs> okay, cool. Moving on. Week three. What do we got? <laughs> Sorry about your luck, bro. I mean, <laughs> I'm not going to be very interested in the New England Patriots this year at all, man. I think you guys are going to be bottom feeders. Yeah. All right. So on to week four, we got the Chiefs and the Bucks. That's going to be a great matchup. Um, I feel like your Bills have a lot of really good matchups this, this year. Like yeah. week six, they play the Chiefs in Kansas City. Oh, that's going to be, I mean, that's going to be a big time matchup there. Um, because again, going back to the golf match between Brady, Mahomes, Allen, and Rogers, they had a four, like a question from online people, Twitter people, I believe. And it was, what is Josh Allen's biggest fear? And without missing a beat, Patrick Mahomes said a coin toss. Oh, motherfucker. Motherfuckers, yeah. man. Oh, why you guys <laughs> got to do it? It's still a fresh to the wound, man. You guys pouring salt in like. Ah, but 100 days, buddy. Can you believe it? 100 days. That's going to go by very fast. I can't wait. Three months, man. That's all we're at. And I mean, preseason is going to be here before you know it. Our draft guide is going to be out in a month. I mean, yep. this is it's going to be insane. I mean, everything is. Once once July hits, that's when I think everything is going to sink in a little bit more, you know, because fantasy drafts are going to be happening in August. Most likely you got the NFL season starting first week of September. I mean, the NFL season, it's right around the corner. You guys, we are in summer right now. That's right, man. We're in the stretch run. And you know, what's funny is that doing this job, it's like you thought before it's like, man, will this season ever come now? I'm like, cause I cover We cover this every single day. I'm like, man, this season just seems to come quicker and quicker every year. I mean, you get I, that feeling no, too. I mean, I've never been told that, but yeah, I'm sure, you know, from maybe your personal experience. Yeah. Wow. Things, things come quicker and quicker. What? <laughs> <laughs> See, that's a byproduct of getting old, man. You just, you know, things happen faster. But, but also my, my, and then your lady thinking, friend is upset. So, I mean, it is what it is. <laughs> my initial thinking is, oh crap. Like it's beginning in June. Like, oh crap. The season's going to start soon. I have a lot of work I got to do. Yeah, <laughs> it's true, man. I mean, it's, <laughs> it's insane. I love it. But you know what? David Njoku, man. I'm sorry. I can't even, what's up? What's up? What's up with David? I can't read this headline without laughing because it just makes me laugh at the Cleveland Browns. How can you be so stupid? The Cleveland Browns had signed uh, David Njoku to a four-year, $56.8 million extension. And I'm like, okay, you know what? I don't hate re-signing Njoku because we know what his athletic ability is. We know what he can do on the field potentially. He's never really done it. And now you're banking on the fact because Watson's there. You still got Baker Mayfield as insurance. Why are you signing this man to basically $60 million over four years, Chris? Like, uh, what am I missing here? Like, I, I, are they that afraid they don't have wide receivers? Because he hasn't done shit, in my opinion, to warrant $60 million bucks. Not only that, but he hasn't done shit to warrant almost $30 million of that guaranteed. There you go. Like, this is... <sighs> Call his agent. We need representation. He's a he's a good athlete. I do sure. think that he can be. He's he's a fine tight end. Don't get me don't get me wrong, okay? But I mean, you're you're spend how much money did you just spend on Deshaun Watson? Guaranteed, exactly. and now you're going to give Njoku this kind of money? Like, where where do you think the rest of your money is going to go? Like, what do you what is your five year plan from here on out, Browns? Like, I. I haven't even seen the, the contract stipulation, so I don't even know where the outs are in the Joku's contract. So, 
25 million is going to be going within the first two years of his contract. Okay. Um, and so if, year, so year point, three is the out. Yeah. So if I'm the Browns, there was a commercial years ago where, or there's a joke that, you know, this, this captain went into battle and if he was going to be bleeding, it was like, bring me my red shirt. You know, and then there was another joke about, you know, if he was going to lose and poop himself, bring me my brown pants. Yeah. The good thing the Browns wear brown pants because they're just going to be shitting themselves <laughs> all the time. That's what this front office is doing. At this oh, point. I, I, I'm confused, man. I mean, I understand salary cap manipulation. OK, everybody understands that I, I do follow and study the salary cap to an nth degree because I, I don't know, I'm a geek and I love it. But I mean, when you start signing guaranteed $250 million, the cap hits on Deshaun Watson's deal, barring any suspension for long term, I think they're still hooked to that. And it's a certain percentage yeah. of that. So, I mean, you, what you still what's Nick Chubb? Nick Chubb needs a new deal, does he not? Yeah. So I've got the details of Njoku's contract right here. Okay. We'll After 2023. There still would be, they'd be on the hook for 2024 with 13 million in dead cap pre June, June 1st. Then in 2025, eight and a half million dead cap. They would save 11 million. So pretty much they would have to wait until after 2024 to really save some money because in 2024, they'd save like five mil. Okay. See, so then you're basically front loading this until for a two year deal and then you can right, get out from right. under it. Cause even if you prorate it over two years, you can split that dead cap in half. So it's four mil per year. And then you can, you can retain and save funds that way to clear cap room. It's still a bad contract. And I mean, I don't care what you say because, okay, we're still waiting for, okay, what if, okay. And everyone's going to come back afterward and say, if he Njoku has like a great year, they're going to say you were lying, wrong and you suck and blah, blah, blah. The thing is, man, is that how long can you wait for a player before you really pull the plug? And I get it. That's coming from the guy who's still on the Saquon Barkley train. Shut up. I get it. Same. Right. <laughs> but I mean, Saquon's a different animal, even though Najoku is an athletic freak who we believe could set the league ablaze and on fire. But I mean, come on, man. His separation is weak for a guy who is extremely fast and athletic. I mean, his drop problems still haven't been figured out. I mean, so really... What they're expecting him to be is the takeover, in a sense, for a Jarvis Landry with wheels. I don't foresee him being able to do that because we haven't seen it and he hasn't shown any progression. Browns, I just, I'm, I'm confused. That's all. I'm confused. I'm not hating. I'm just confused. And I, I hope I'm wrong because I, I do like Njoku. I mean, he's someone so that I, I. I, I would love to see him succeed. Um, but like you said, I mean, the he's had what I'm looking at his numbers right now. Three out of the five years he's played all 16 games. Okay, you know that's good. Um, but but <laughs> he's he's never had a season of 650 receiving yards or more. He's never caught more than four touchdowns. He just hasn't really shown that productivity, and he's still fairly young. He's still only 25 years old. So I mean, hell, tight ends can play you know until they're 40 for the most yeah. part. If you know as long as they're productive, so he has the potential there. It's just you know. And, of, and of course, without the new allegations or the, the additional allegation with Sean Watson, yes, you know, is he going to get suspended? What's the quarterback situation going to be looking like? So it's it really is a very head scratching moment uh, for them, for the Browns to do this now. You know, why not wait until after the season or, you know, to to give him a longer term deal? Yeah, even just give him a one year deal, prove it deal for now. And I mean, 
I don't know. I the Browns, you guys are making me scratch my head because you're gonna have guys to pay on defense too. And I mean, it's the Browns. I mean, they just like giving their fans pain. After after the 2024 season, they're gonna have to make a decision with Nick Chubb. He'll be 29 at the time, so they probably let him walk. You know, so there he is. Yeah, yeah, there yeah. it is. That's that's the ladder the Browns have set themselves up for. And I mean, <laughs> we we want Njoku instead of Nick Chubb is what they're. they're that's basically say. what they're saying. Yeah, good job, Browns. So, I mean, it's, it's the baffling question of David Njoku, but I mean, it is what it is. What else can you say? All right. So looking at right now, and again, it's early June, but looking at current ADP and where these tight ends are going, hmm. would you rather have David Njoku, Noah Fant, Logan Thomas, and I'll throw in one more. So we'll go Njoku, Fant, Logan Thomas, or... Hayden Hurst of Cincinnati. Oh man, you know me though. I don't. I don't ever draft my tight ends early. I just. I can't do so it. So these 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 are all guys that are going in round fourteen or later. And I love it. And then for me, hook me up with some Hurst, man. Give me the Hayden Hurst. I will take it all day long at that value because really, Cincinnati's got nobody. And and okay, I get it. It's Jamar Chase. It's Boyd. It's Higgins. But they can't cover them all, man. And I love me some Hayden Hurst this year. See, and I know that the quarterback situation in Seattle is tough. I really want to go Noah Fant here because I love his ability. Yep. But I got I I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna put my eggs back into the Logan Thomas ba- basket here. And you I know, can't hate it. The the quarterback situation should be a little bit more stable over in Washington. You know, yeah. You know Terry McLaurin's there. They added some weapons, but still Logan Thomas can be a target monster. Um, I just think that the fact that Njoku is currently going ahead of all of those guys right now is a little bit baffling for me right now. Yeah, and I mean, I don't know, even... Okay, so here's the, here's the argument even more. So it's like you sign him to his four-year $60 million deal, and he's still going in the 14th round. So, I mean, when we're talking about it, it's a, it's a boomer bust situation for Mr. Njoku. And I mean, I'm the Hayden Hurst thing. I get it. We might, we might see like a Dalton Schultz type of deal where, you know, he gets four passes a game, but he could be touchdown heavy in that, in that red zone. I, I just see nothing but right going with Hurst there. I mean... Let's let's be honest. The Cincinnati offense is absolutely going to be zooming. It's going to be it's going to be high powered, lots of points. Again, so many mouths to feed in I that offense. You know, it. not only with Chase Higgins, Boyd, Joe Mixon back there as well. So I I do think that Hurst will will have an okay season, but he's certainly not somebody that I would want as my tight end one. I get it. You're going to have to rotate and you're going to have to probably go waiver wire fillers until it's actually proven. I don't hate the Logan Thomas thing either. It's just him coming off the injury kind of puts me off just a tad, but we know Carson Wentz. Mm -hmm. He loves to find his uh, tight ends. So, Hey, we'll see what happens in Washington this year. This is true. So, you know, and looking at some other tight ends, like your boy Dawson Knox over Mm. in Buffalo, He's currently going as tight end nine, which I think is a little bit low. That's um, low. Yeah, that's very low. I would, I would be, I would absolutely probably put him ahead of someone like a Dallas Godair, maybe even higher than TJ Hawkinson and even Dalton Schultz. Like I would put him close to top five, top six tight ends behind Kelsey, Andrews, Pitts, Waller, and Kittle. Yeah, I, I still haven't done my official rankings for the season just yet. Um, but yeah, I can't. I can't argue. I think the touchdown upside for Dawson Knox is just way too high. He's not going to catch you a lot of balls, but again, t- 10 TDs is not out of the question for Knox, but 
pivoting. Let's pivot just a little bit to Mr. Patrick Mahomes, boy. And I mean, he told reporters and we've been we've been speculating this right now. OTAs are going full swing. And now we get a little bit more conversation out of these teams. And he told reporters at OTAs that he expects his receiving targets to be more spread out in 2022, which is something we, we typically discussed already at nauseum, you know, basically this entire offseason because Tyreek's gone. The minute Tyreek got traded, we all kind of had that same opinion that, you know, he's going to probably spread the ball around a little bit more. But now this is an interesting dynamic because you got Juju, you got Hardman, who just pulled a hamstring, by the way, at OTA. So watch out for that. Soft tissue is never good. Um, but you got yourself a little Ross action. Who else am I missing on that roster? Juju, Ross, uh, Hardman. Kel- Kelsey. Kelsey, of, I mean, yeah, of, of course. course. But I mean, out of that, okay, you're going to spread the ball around. I think that, you know, a Justin Ross, barring health, can be this guy they're looking for. And I get it. Oh, MVS. We forget about MVS. But I mean, if you're going to go MVS and Hardman. Did we, did, did, did we though? We didn't. And uh, exactly. I mean, it's <laughs> just going to be straight line wheels for MVS and Hardman. Excuse me. And I mean, I think that Mahomes is telling the truth here because I really don't foresee them having the same offense that they did have. What I do see is a lot of Juju and Kelsey kind of going mid-range, 10 to 15 yards. They're going to try to keep the defense honest with MVS, but if MVS and Hardman can't catch that ball, I think that's going to shoot them in the foot a little bit, especially if they can't get a run game going. Yeah, because, I mean, for the last, what, three, four, five seasons, it's been the Kelsey and Hill show. I mean, those are the guys that are getting the majority of the targets. And so without Hill there isn't that other receiver that Mahomes really trusts outside of Travis Kelsey because he just doesn't have much of a rapport with them. Doesn't have a rapport with Juju Smith-Schuster. Doesn't Obviously doesn't have it with the rookie Justin Ross. So it's going to take time to build these relationships with these other receivers. So Kelsey's going to be the number one target, and then everyone else is going to kind of follow in line after him because it's going to take that trust from him. So I do think that Juju could be that guy who could fall into that number two role. Justin Ross, you know, depending on how quickly he picks up the playbook because he is a rookie Mm. and barring health, you know, also could kind of fill that number two, number three role at the same time. But I don't see, um, I think Kelsey still gets his 130 targets, you know? Yep. Um, I, I, it'll be interesting to see who is the next one in line that might get 90 to hundred. Is it Juju? Is it a Justin Ross? You know? Um, so that's what Nico Hardman, probably not. I think he's closer to like 70, maybe, you know, same with MVS, probably like 60, but I think it's going to be between Juju and Ross to see who, if anyone else can break that hundred target barrier. Are we writing off your boy, Josh Gordon? Is he done? Josh Gordon officially. <laughs> Um, has been dead to me uh, wow. when I finally decided to cut him from my dynasty team wow. a year ago, maybe two years ago after holding on to him for so, so long, probably longer than um, most politicians have been in office in office, like outside of the United States, you know, like where some country where some countries have like lifetime, you know, uh, presidencies. Sure. Yeah. That's kind of what Josh Gordon was to my dynasty team. Yeah. I just could not quit the man. And I finally did. Wow. So Josh Gordon, enjoy your 30 targets and we'll be done with it. Wow. I wish I had the boys to men clip of uh, it's so hard to say goodbye because that would have been so fit. No, because then I would start crying and we don't need that right now. <laughs> I would sing it up, but I'd probably crack all over the place and we don't need that. But 
You know, the dynamic of the Chiefs offense is very interesting because of the fact that they won't have the speed of Tyreek Hill. I get Moko Hardman is a speedster and he can be elusive with the ball in his hands. Is he going to take that leap uh, in how they have the offense, you know, typically run before? I just I, I don't know. It's something that I'm, I'm going to be watching very much intently as the season starts off, you know, week one to week four to see kind of where they're kind of meshing. But I really do. I believe you. I think that, you know, it's it's Kelsey, it's Juju. I think it's going to be one and two. And then whoever can take that third spot, whether it be a Ross, whether it's MVS, et cetera. But interesting stuff in Kansas City. But Chris, man, this one is near and dear to my heart. And I'm so excited. I can barely contain my you know joy. I don't even know what I'm saying. But hey, Travis at the end, baby, today. Travis, my boy, he comes out and says, if I could be like Debo Samuel. I would love that. And instantly my heart grew even fonder for this man because I've been an Etienne truther for God knows how long. Clemson days, you're talking and people, you know, you, you seem to forget. And let me let me remind you very quickly what Travis Etienne did in those two years. Granted, you know, 2020 was, you know, injury a little bit. So we'll, we'll stick with 2018, 2019. 2018, he's 204 for 16, 58, 12 touch or uh, 24 touchdowns. And then the following season, 2019, 207, 16, 14, and 19 touchdowns the following year, his final year, 168, 914, but he still ran for 14 touchdowns. But that year, he caught his career high of 48 receptions. Are we really believing that he could be Debo? Because I'm putting my hand up saying, hell yes. This is a good role for him, and I think that the Jacksonville Jaguars would be very intelligent to implement it. Well, I think it. I think it could absolutely make sense because he has the size. You know, yes, absolutely. He's 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 a little shy, of six foot, but he's like 215, 218 pounds. You know, so he's got the size to do it. I think the durability is going to be the question. You know, he did have that uh, injury short season. Frank. Yep. You know, twenty twenty with Clemson, and then of course he had the the shortened season this past year. So I do think that ETN has the ability and I'm a huge ETN guy. So I'm really hoping that he can do it. And the fact that he wants to kind of have that Debo role. I mean, I can only imagine how many times you had to change your pants after you heard it, dude, but for, for fantasy purposes, I mean, because people are going to be scared off by his, by his injury right now. Okay. You can get him at the end of the fifth round, if he's your RB two, mm. hell RB three at the end of the fifth round, say you decide to go, you know, three running backs and two receivers in the first five rounds. If ATN is your third RB, you are sitting pretty. My friend signed me up all day long. I, I was changing my pants so much. I had to do a wash. Like that's how bad it was today. When I saw that, Josh, I'll put it this way. <laughs> if you're drafting towards the end of the first round, you have a chance of having either Harris or cook in the first you could then go Chubb or Javante um, in the, in the, sorry, not, not in the second or the third, but James Connor, maybe cam makers in the third. If you decide to go that route yeah. and then you can go with ETN in the fifth. Oh baby. Oh, baby. I mean, it's a, it's a little bit of a, it's, it's risk, risk reward there. If you sure decide to is. go with, with, with acres and ETN, but you could also go with a short touchdown thing like James Conner and over acres or hell even go with Zeke Elliott early, you know, who's projected early fourth or Brees Hall. And then you could still get ETN. Oh man. Excuse me while I go change my pants one more time and do a wash because it's yeah. all the stars are lining up. Okay. And I get it. Okay. The Liz Frank for running backs. It's scary. I, I understand it. 
But come on, man. He's a young man. This is real, really his first big injury. We saw the fact that he can handle a big, heavy workload. He is put together extremely well. What Mm -hmm. he does have over so many running backs in the NFL is that speed. And once he gets in the open field, he is gonzo. And, And this is what the Jacksonville Jaguars truly require. And also playing with his buddy, Trevor Lawrence, who understands how to utilize him in every single situation. Don't ever forget that chemistry is a big one. And, and if you get chemistry right from what, come on, Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase chemistry. And, and this is what happens, man. And, and this is why everybody in the NFL is trying to, you know, duplicate that success by drafting uh, guys that played together. So that you didn't have that time off where they had to learn each other. But I mean, even if it is a Debo Samuel light type of situation where he runs the ball a little bit more, catches a little bit less, where Debo caught more and run less, I'm still okay with it because even when they put him in space, now that they do have a lot of receiving options, Travis Etienne is my guy, man. And if if that value even creeps up into that fourth round, I'm going to be doing some mocks to manipulate it so that I'm going to have him as my RB2. And even when you start going down, you can still fill your bench with some good, decent, reliable running backs that can fill the void if, you know, heaven forbid that Travis goes down again. Yeah. So at Clemson, uh, his senior year, he was top three in receptions and receiving yards, top 10 in yards after contact Per reception, I mean, yeah, he had a kind of a down 2020 season um, at Clemson, but still, he was still top 10 in rushing yards and touchdowns. And in 2019, second in yards after contact per rushing attempt. I mean, the guy has phenomenal contact balance. He can get hit, stays on his feet because of his size, Mm. but he also has explosive acceleration and really, really good speed to get to the outside. So when you say, okay, can he play a Debo role? A hundred percent can play that Debo Samuel role. You can put him in jet sweeps. You can line him up as a running back, put him out into the slot as a receiver. He'll use that speed as a mismatch. And it's like having the best of both worlds out there on the field, which is exactly what a second year quarterback like Trevor Lawrence is going to need especially with a questionable offensive line. He's going to have to get rid of the ball pretty quickly. I love it all day long. And with a questionable James Robinson, I mean, coming back from injury, sign me up all day long. It is team yeah. Etienne this season. And you guys know, can this I, enough. Uh, can I, I, I wanted can him I just quickly. Buffalo. Of course you did. You're interrupting um, me all night long. Damn because, it. You know why? Because You're I knew fired. Exactly. I don't want this I, anymore. I knew where you were going with that. <laughs> So it, let's say let's say you have that late first round pick. All right, this is how your first fr- first five rounds could go if you decide to go running back and wide receiver, kind of a mix here. Let's hear it. You all right? You could go either Harris, Cook, or Mixon, and then you could early second round Ceedee Lamb. Come back in the third with a a little bit of a of a wild card here with Connor, Acres, Elliott, or. You could go with like a Jalen Waddle, Mike Williams. All right. I, I like a little Waddle there. I like that. Yeah. Round four, you then could go with like a Deontay Johnson or DK Metcalf or even a Brees Hall. And then a fifth, that's when you go and get ETN. Give me Brees Hall and ETN, and I'm signed up with those receivers. Let's go. Championship. Let's go. We're done. It's, yeah. June, it's June 1. Auto draft the rest. <laughs> Auto draft the rest because you won't need it, man. Unbelievable. <laughs> 
Uh, speaking of beefy running backs, Najee, man, what has he been eating this offseason? The boy is like, I don't, you know what? Okay, so here's the thing. 244 pounds, up 14 pounds, heavier than last year's 230. He was already stout as a motherfucker anyway, and he goes and eats like, I don't know, McDonald's. He was on the Chad Ochocinco diet this summer, and he just like, you know, stuffed himself. But okay, I saw some of the OTA highlights, and I said, you know, he's looking a little bit, tight he's looking a little bit you know and some people i saw on twitter were like look at the quickness and the quick feed 14 pounds is nothing i'm like dude are you watching the same thing i am because okay it's the first day of the first week of otas i'm not gonna judge this for the entire you know off season but i mean he did look slower to me and that was my concern you bulk up that much i get it you know because he realizes so he's a smart individual the reason why he he bulked up basically 15 pounds cuz he knows he's going to be carrying the ball 450 times this year and it, that that's just the reality in pittsburgh with uh trubisky and pickett so he's he's gearing up for a long season of punishment aka ricky williams but are you are you worried, man? Because I mean, I'm I'm a tad. There's a smidge of me that's like, a, unless I see him get a little bit more quicker with finesse as the OTAs and training camp come, I'm a little nervous with Travis or with uh, Najee right now. I mean, do we actually know for a fact that he bulked up to 244? And I say that because he tweeted yesterday after all these reports came out. He tweeted, and I quote: "Some reporters be straight cornballs." End quote. Then there you so go. maybe so maybe he's just kind of combating these reports like, no, I'm not 244. No, I'm not as, you know, as big as you think I am. But I would hope that he is, because when you sent me that video yeah. um, yesterday, exactly, yeah, he did. He did look slower. So I would hope that he is that 240, 245 kind of weight, because then it would make a lot of sense as why he doesn't look as quick as he did last season. Now, granted, it's OTA, so you're not yes. necessarily going super full speed. That's right. But still, it was a little bit. It was a worrisome. It was a it was a May 31st worrisome video it was a take notice may 31st edition that's what it was it, it made me double take and say okay okay you know yeah mm-hmm. he's go- he's going through lateral cone drills he's not going to go and bust an achilles in the first day of otas i get it yeah and let's not let's not overreact about three cone drills here exactly. okay folks we well, see we what just, happened with that. exactly i'm just i'm bringing it up for conversation purposes because it is something for a guy that puts up you know 15 pounds that's nothing to sneeze at especially for a guy who wasn't the most fleet of foot when it came to speed and acceleration anyway. Um, Najee's got athletic ability out the wazoo, no question. I mean, he's a great running back and he had burst, but the top end wheels is something that I was always on a question mark for me, even going back to the scouting report. Um, he proved that he can he can break out, he can make the corners, but he gets caught quite often, you know, even if he's doing the chunk yards, you know, 14 yards down the field, he's getting caught. So you add another 15 pounds on that frame. I mean, I'm a little bit like... I don't know, man. It's time to get on the salad diet. I mean, the fact that he was able to put on 15 pounds or so, so quickly, just over the last however many months, I've been trying to put on 15 pounds since I was like 17 years old. So <laughs> I need to just reach out to Najee and be like, dude, what's your secret? Because I've tried everything. It's called PEDs, man. <laughs> that's what that's what helps you get on the PED ah, program. That's what I missed. You just got to contact Will Fuller and uh, his his what's his buddy there from Houston. Oh, so, oh, all right. I knew I, you know what? I knew I deleted Brian Cushing's number. I got to get it back. <laughs> get it back, man. Cause they'll hook you up with some weight, but good Lord, let's move on. <laughs> James Winston. He was noticed to be moving with a visible limp uh, this last week here at OTAs. And I mean, 
conflicting reports. They were talking like, you know, he was he was fine. No pain, no discomfort and nothing of a setback on that uh, uh, replaced knee of the ACL. And now they're saying he's walking with a noticeable limp. This is that thing, man. Everyone's like, oh, when we're talking about uh, JMO from, uh, you know, uh, Detroit coming back in September week one off the ACL, it's like, man, the setback that you can have on an ACL recovery is like next day. So chill out and pump the brakes. But this was kind of my thing is that we all do kind of want Jameis Winston to be behind center because we know he can throw 5,000 yards and with his new toys Mm -hmm. and with Camara and company. I mean, we do want that over an Andy Dalton, but do we see him playing week one? I think, you know, as this starts to go and progress, as we get into training camp, all eyes are going to be on that. And I, you know, I, for one, would not be surprised if Andy Dalton becomes a week one starter because of that injury. And I think he probably should to be honest with you, because if if you do think that Jameis Winston is going to be the short-term future, you know, quarterback for your team, then yeah, you want to protect him. You have a suitable starter who can absolutely help you win games in Andy Dalton. So yeah, ease Jameis Winston back into it. Don't rush him back because the the difference between the two isn't all that great. You know, Andy Dalton's going to be smarter with the with the football than Jameis Winston will be most likely. James Winston is going to be able to kind of get you those big plays though, where Andy Dalton, I just, he's not that kind of guy that he used to be. So for me, Dalton is the, is the safer short-term option until Winston is fully recovered and ready to take over this offense. Yeah, I agree. And I think that it's a, it's a very tough situation that, you know, the saints are in new head coach, new system, new everything. It's going to be interesting, but I mean, if we're, if we're staying with the saints, I mean, the assistant general manager, he said of Chris Olave, my boy, did you see this? This, Oh, this made me excited too, man. He reminds me of some players who have played in our league, like a Marvin Harrison, who is just silky smooth and effortless. Oh my goodness, dude. I need new pants, man. Again, I've been, how many times I've been telling y'all about Chris Olave this entire off season. Okay. And you guys, if you don't listen, I don't know what else to tell y'all listen to what we say, because Chris Olave, I said, uh, what months ago before the draft, you know, even going back to the Ohio state when they were playing last season, I said, he is going to be the safest wide receiver out of this class, meaning he, Right. And I mean, all it means is that, you know, you're not going to have to worry too much about a Chris Olave. Will he win you a league? Maybe not. But is he going to be this consistent, you know, point producer between 10 to 15 points per week? Highly, highly likely. And, And this is what I see from him. He is just one of these guys that he's deceptively fast. You know, you don't you just you don't see him. You don't feel like he's running that fast, but he's just a lightning bolt on the field and he just catches touchdowns. This is Chris Olave. So if you think he might not win you the league, those touchdowns might put you over. And what's crazy. So the, the, the comp, you know, and obviously it's an over, over exaggerated comp to somebody like Marvin Harrison, sure. who averaged almost 10 targets a game for his entire career. So, but with Olavi, that's kind of what you see is someone who's going to be, should have a heavy target share is going to be a big red zone threat. Get those touchdowns. You know, I can see Olavi absolutely being a guy that's going to get you, you know, seven, seven receptions on 10 targets for, you know, 70 to 80 yards and a touchdown here or there. Like that's absolutely within the realm of possibility for him throughout his career. And even, even if Michael Thomas isn't back and if, if MT does ever come back, I don't know if he ever will, but I mean, if he ever gets back on that field, 
man, who's going to cover Olave? Because you know DB ones are still going to go up to the uh, up to MT. So you know that Olave is going to see lesser coverage, and he's a wide receiver one. Damn it! And I don't care what anybody says, he is that damn good, and he is going to prove it. Those hands are so reliable. He is one of my favorite wide receivers out of this entire class. I have been saying it all off season. Can't say it anymore. If you're not convinced by now, I, I just, I don't know what to tell y'all. I do think that we could see Olave, especially if he, you know, really improves throughout his rookie year. Don't be surprised if defenses do hone in on Olave and double team him because I mean, when was the last time he needed to ever double team a slant route <laughs> slant boy. That's why he caught like a 200 balls that one year. Cause he wasn't going anywhere past seven yards. Let's not kid ourselves. No. So, yes, I think I think Olave will eventually emerge as that wide receiver one, and he's going to garner a lot of attention. I love it. I love it all day long. You know, one under the radar signing that just happened was Albert Wilson, man, formerly of the Dolphins, signs with the Vikings. Mm on a one-year contract. I actually don't mind this. You know, we, we've, we've kind of, you know, flirted with, is Albert Wilson ever going to be a thing? Yes. Matchup play, you know, four times a year. Like that's all you ever got from Albert Wilson, but I don't mind this in Minnesota. Yes. You got a Smith Marchette. Yes. You got uh, other guys in the, you got Thielen, you got JJ, but now you add a little bit more speed and dynamicness to, and I just created a word dynamicness, but I mean, <laughs> you, you add more dynamicness to this offense I like it because Albert Wilson is that underrated speed guy that can make plays for you, whether it be from the slot going on wheel routes outside. It's not going to blow you away fantasy football wise, but with Kirk Cousins, who is able to throw 4,500 yards a, a season, I mean, heaven forbid, you know, you got an Adam Thielen drop down with another injury. Albert Wilson could be a sneaky waiver guy. 400 yards and three touchdowns. I'm going to say that's about his his ceiling. Stop right it. I'm trying to pump him up. God damn it. I always, can't do it. I can't do it. I'm sorry. Thunder. Okay, fine. Fair <laughs> enough. I got a little bit excited for Minnesota fans. I'm trying to, you know, give them some optimism and some hype. I guess it just wasn't working. I'm sorry. I'm I mean, because you also have Ir- you have Irv Smith Jr. coming back from injury. Sure you, know, you do. So, yep. yeah, poor, poor. I mean, you know what? Hey, Big Al, I'm rooting for you, bud. But I, 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 I don't see it happening. Sorry. I still got my guy Wap Fillier over there. Wap. I mean, y'all love me some Wap Fillier. He just never getting a chance. Yeah. Burger King sure? Whoppers. Wap Fillier. Is he not there anymore? They cut him. Uh, sorry. You, you, you said you said Wap, but I immediately just thought of that uh, Cardi B and Megan the, the Stallion song. So I mean, who doesn't love them some Wap? <laughs> Oh, this is no longer a family-friendly show. Hopefully you put the kids to bed and you're not driving them to school. Listen to this, but hey, well done, sir. Well played. But I mean, here we go. PFF analyst. He says, I'm not even going to name the man because whatever. But (laughs) But I mean, Traylon Burks should be ranked as the top rookie wide receiver in 2022. And so here's the thing. Okay. I respect everybody's. So here's the thing. I, you know, I respect everybody's point of view and opinion. I really do. You're entitled. It's, it's totally fine. We're talking on a team that runs the ball a thousand times a year. And Ryan Tannehill, who just lost AJ Brown and is going to be having to force feed a rookie wide receiver. It's a tough sell for me to say that he's a wide receiver one based on landing spot. I'm a huge Traylon Burks fan as well. I think that he can do a lot of good things on that field. I think that he will take the AJ Brown role from day one, but he's a rookie in a system that is extremely run heavy and has no other wide receiver support that can help him remove coverage saying he's the top rookie wide receiver coming out of this class in 2022 
stop the drinking PFF. I'm sorry not to slander you, but I mean, stop the drinking. Yeah. I mean, I do think at some point he will emerge as a top two, top three receiver in this class. Sure. Is it going to be for this coming season? Probably not because of the reasons you just mentioned. I don't see how it can be anybody. I mean, if I, if I had to pick like a, you know, a popular, you know, name, it's, it's got to be Drake London, you know, because of the opportunities that he's going to have, because he doesn't have weapons around him outside of, uh, outside of Kyle Pitts. So for me, I feel like that's kind of the, the choice there. But I will say this. If Justin Ross can stay healthy and he can get him some rapport with Patrick Mahomes, Ooh. do not be surprised if Justin Ross is your rookie wide receiver one. Ooh, that's some hot take now in June one, baby. Oh, mama. I like where your head is going. I'm telling you, I mean, just the, the talent alone, you know, is enough where he can where he can make it happen. Um, now, as you know, and I've said this many times before, Drake London is my boy. Yes. Love me some Drake London. So he's my my one A choice but I've got a soft spot for Justin Ross. I really hope that we can kind of see that 2018, you know, 2019 version of Justin Ross, what we sure. saw his freshman year at Clemson, because that is just spectacular. Yeah, he's got alpha written all over him. I totally agree. I had to go back and look at A.J. Brown's rookie year numbers, okay? And look, this is kind of what you're going to get from a Traylon Burks because I, I do think they're they're very similar specimens, uh, A.J. Brown and Traylon Burks. So that he opened the season, three catches, 100 yards, okay? Everyone lost their shit and was, A.J. Brown's the next best thing since sliced bread, which he, we all thought he was. Then it was three receptions, 25 yards, one reception, four yards. He comes back nice, three for 94. Perfect. Now he's back again. Best thing since sliced bread then all of a sudden it goes two for 27 two for 23 six for 64 two for 11 four for 81 and then one for 17 so it took really 10 weeks for aj brown to kind of get his footing before you saw four for 135 three for 45 five for 153 and that's kind of where the breakout happened was in week 11 this is kind of what you got to expect when you're talking about any kind of rookie wide receiver who's kind of doing it alone and, and correct me if I'm wrong. Who did AJ Brown have side by side? Was it Corey Davis and Jonu Smith? So he had people to pull coverage from. Adam Adam Humphreys. Adam Humphreys, even okay. I mean PPR. So so, so no. So yeah. <laughs> Come on, man! You just dissing all the guys today, like unbelievable. But what does he really have in Tennessee right now? It's it's not a lot, and. I don't know, man. Are you going to be thinking Hassan Haskins is going to pull some PPR coverage away? I, I don't see it. No, I mean, so right now, you know, we're looking at that receiving core. You know, I think Robert Woods is probably going to be that number one target. Um, but again, ACL. Depending on, de- depending on how, how, how he comes back from that injury. You That's know? right. Yep. So obviously, Traylon Burks is there. Um, Nick Westbrook, Akini is going to be another option. Who knows? What that's kind Albert. Of, you know, that's Albert Wilson 2.0. Come on. Right, right, right. So, I mean, outside of that, there's, there's literally, I mean, nobody, I mean, nobody. Austin, who Austin Hooper, you know, they signed, they signed him, but I, I, I think that there's going to be enough for them to feed Traylon Burks because of the lack of options around him. And I will say this with Derek Henry coming back from that injury, they may try to slow him down a little bit as far as, you know, not giving him the amount of touches they did last year because last year, I mean, they were feeding him more than. I mean, <laughs> don't go X-rated. <laughs> I can see where his mind is going. <laughs> 
feeding him I mean, more they, than a WAP video. They, they they were they were feeding him more than an all you can eat buffet, you know, at like a <laughs> at a Golden Corral, and and that sounds phenomenal right about now. And you know, dance to the WAP video. But but I do think that Derrick Henry is not going to see the kind of volume he did at the beginning of last year. So maybe they do try to throw the ball a little bit more, you know, use these weapons that they have in Traylon Burks and, and Robert Woods as well. So I just don't think that they can go back to that, you know, run heavy, run often uh, kind of, you know, style they had last year because it did. They lost their best player, you know, halfway through the season and it just it didn't work out. So I do think Burks is going to be able to get the targets. But that offense is just kind of not stagnant, you know, but they're just so inconsistent at times where it'll be tough for Burks to be that kind of wide receiver one from this rookie class this year. And they're not even that sexy. So let's let's be real, even though A.J. Brown. <sighs> OK, so what what you basically did with an A.J. Brown you traded AJ Brown for Traylon Burks is basically what you did. And, and we saw what with AJ, it was 1051 in yards, 1075, and then 869. And you know, they were getting that's yardage. So, you know, they were getting frustrated with AJ Brown's injuries and that's why they let him go or they yeah. traded him. I mean, it, it just, it is what it is. We know this and, and path to volume. I get it. Everyone wants to preach a path to volume. I completely understand path to volume. I basically wrote the book on path to volume. I'm just kidding. But I mean, <laughs> Chris is staring at me like you didn't do shit, man. Liar, liar. But I mean, okay. So again, even if, if Robert would say he comes back week six, week seven, fine. Really, I mean, force feeding a trail on Burks where they know where you're going, doing double coverage, being run heavy. Do I believe he's going to be successful? Absolutely. But that puts a lot of pressure on a young man trying to develop, trying to be the star. And then everyone's going to say, you know, six weeks in, what the hell's wrong with trail on Burks? He's not putting up the numbers that we thought he would, even though they're probably going to give him jet sweeps and bubble screens, try to get the ball in his hand with some creativity. To me, saying he's the wide receiver one in rookies right for rookies right now, I really can't say it, man. I'll take a Garrett Wilson. I'll take Chris Olave fantasy football wise right now. I'll take a Drake London fantasy football wise, even though that again is an argument for path to volume. But give me Chris Olave, give me Garrett Wilson. I'm I'm okay. I'm good. I mean, the, the Titans, the beginning of their schedule is not super easy when it comes to defenses, you know. They have the Giants who were underperformed last year. You know, I think they will be better this year. Then they play the Bills the Raiders, the Colts. I refuse to call them by their actual names. We're just going to say the Washington team. Commies. And then they play the, and then they play the, Col the Colts again. Like their first six games are not a walk in the park on the defensive side of the ball. Right. Now, can Derek Henry run through every single one of those teams? Of course they can. Sure. He, he can run through all six of them while every one of the defense is on the field together. Right. But I do think they're going to have to throw the ball more and Burks will be the beneficiary of that. Yeah, I can see it. I, I mean, I'm not gonna, I'm not going to sit here and tell y'all that he's not going to potentially get that 65, 1008 touchdowns. No, no, it's very possible. He's, he's, he's likely the wide receiver one until Bobby trees comes back. But it, yeah. when, Bob, when Bobby trees comes back, everyone's argument's going to be no path to volume anymore. But that's a good thing for me for a guy like Burks because now he gets to see DB2s or, you know, maybe yeah. they move him around a little bit. And, and you know, you morph a little bit of slot. And I don't know. I, I think that with, with Robert Woods and Bobby Trees back on the field, I think that's actually a benefit for uh, Traylon Burks. And don't ever tell Ch anyone, okay, don't tell Chouse that he doesn't know about path to volume. The man wrote the book on path to volume. Okay, Start, start that Look trend. It up. Yeah. 
go google that stuff yeah. Wikipedia. Look, at the, look at the interweb that's right. yeah look at the interweb they'll figure it out yeah man path of volume written by chris chouse I'm going to get sued by somebody for saying that, man. I did not do for it. I'm sorry. I'm selling to be trademarked and copyrighted. And you're going right. to get a lawyer at your door any minute. Damn it, man. Why do I always got to put myself in some troubles? But hey, that's all I got, man. I mean, this is, you know, June one. We're starting summer. It's getting nice. Everyone's commenting about how nice your tan is on Headliner U on YouTube. I mean, that's a positive. I mean, it's great. I'm not being referred to as Billy Mays as you are because <laughs> hey, you, can man. Sell, you can sell anyone everything, which is true. Wow. So I'll I'll take it. Look at that, man. Someone called me. You're the Billy Mays of fantasy football. You made my day. Thank you, sir. That was a fantastic comment. I thought it was a great thing because it's I mean Billy Mays was a hell of a salesman. I mean, he could sell anything to anyone. <laughs> so the fact that they were like, you know what, Chaus, you're you're like Billy Mays because yeah. I guarantee you they had one thought of a player before the video and then they saw the video and they're like, no, Chaus, you're right. Yeah. yeah. Nope. Yeah. Okay. I'm I'm on board. Let's do I'm it. I'm in. And that comes with heavy responsibility because if I'm wrong, then they start cussing me down and saying, you don't know shit, Chris. It is. It's that Spider-Man quote, you know, with great power comes great responsibility. <laughs> and this responsibility I don't want, man. Just, you know, this is for entertainment purposes only. Disclaimer now, now being put on all videos at Headliner U. <laughs> That's going to be the ticker on every yeah. <laughs> video now. The disclaimer. <laughs> we are not responsible for any uh, positive or negative uh, outings from this video. Oh, buddy, man. It's always good times, man. But what do you say we get the hell out of here? I think so, because we record this on a Wednesday. I have to mentally prepare myself for game one of the NBA finals on Ooh. Thursday night, yes. Celtics and Warriors. So anyone out there that's not a fan of either team, I need you to send some send some love for my my Celtics. Yeah, man. Celtics go the you know, Tatum looks good, man. He's looking fresh. He's still balling. So mm-hmm. it's going to be a good series, man. I, you know, but the Celtics, they got to stop dropping those leads, man. I mean, that shit gives people heart attacks. And they gotta stop. They gotta stop turning the ball over. Turnovers have been the absolute Killer. just demise for them. So hold on to the ball. Keep track of your balls. You don't want to lose them. You yeah. know, hold on yeah. to them. Keep them safe. Keep them tight. Keep them in a the place where you never forget them. Caress you know, them. Everything will be fine. Yeah, caress them a little bit. You know, give them a rub, and you're good. Show them some love. And we're good, man. So on that note, that is the show. Thanks so much for tuning in to all the listeners. Thank you for all the support, and we'll see you next time. Stay safe and be kind to each other. I'm out. Thank you